We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. God's Word tells us that our troubles are quite small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. But man, my troubles don't seem quite small. Toby Mack knows all about that. He lost his 21-year-old son in October of 2019, and as you can imagine, if you've lost a child, you know exactly how you know he felt and feels. And But some songs came out of this experience, and this is the story behind his song, Cornerstone. At the service celebrating my son's life and remembering him, I stood in front of a group of people in a park, and I looked at my family, and I said some words that I don't even know where they came from, but I just looked at my family, and I said, we, we will build moving forward. We will build on the rock. We won't build on prescription drugs. We won't build on alcohol. We won't build on being a victim. We will build on the rock. We will build on the cornerstone. I meant those words from my heart. And when I set out to write a song, it came out this song, Cornerstone. I asked Zach Williams to come and sing it because I knew how passionately and how soulful he sings things. It sounds like it's coming from his inner core, his, his gut, his heart. And Zach came in and did an amazing job. And he took it all the way home. I just remember him walking in, took his cowboy hat off, put it on the uh, chair, stepped up to that mic and crushed it. The song kind of moves into a hymn at the bridge. It just says, you are the only rock I'll stand on. You're my cornerstone. The cornerstone is a song that hits me deep, still, from the day I wrote it to today. So God spoke to me the other day through this song by Rachel Lampa and Toby Mac called Perfectly Loved. I noticed I say Lampa, you say Lampa. Lampa. I say tomato, you say tomato. I say potato, you say potato. Well, she was... She was an artist back in the day, and I remember saying Rachel Lampa, so I don't gotcha. know. Let's, Ben, can you work on that for us? What's the correct pronunciation? Get to, get to the bottom of this thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm. this song was playing the other day, and I just I was having a freak-out moment, as I sometimes do, and I was feeling overwhelmed, and I just was telling God all the things, right? I was crying out to Him, and then the lyrics of the song kind of interrupted my, my, my freak out and they got my attention. Like they kind of pierced through what was happening in the moment. And the words were, you're not a problem. You're not a mistake. You don't need fixing or solving in the arms of his grace. You're perfectly human made from the dust. You've got a heart broken and scarred yet perfectly loved. And I felt like God was interrupting my prayer so that he could talk, because you know, I was doing all the talking. He's like, let me tell you something. And this is what I, I felt like he was saying to me, Shauna, you're not a problem to me. You're my daughter, and I love you. And I just, ah, I needed to hear that in the moment, you mm-hmm. know, that he's not looking down at me with his arms crossed going, what are we going to do? Like, wh- how do we solve a problem? how do we solve a problem like Maria? You know, like <laughs> I felt like that. Like, how do we solve a problem like Shauna? But that's not God's take. That's not how he's looking down on you and me. Like, just don't know what I'm going to do with that kid. And then the other thing that came as like peace to me was the words, you're perfectly human. I was like, what? 
I mean, I'm so frustrated by my limitations and my humanity. All of my lack frustrates me, but that doesn't frustrate God. He made me human (laughs) and he made me with this lack on purpose. And the lack is meant to draw me close to him, you know, and everything that I lack, I find in him. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, he was like this balm over my freak out moment and over my overwhelm, just saying, listen, I love you. I always have. I always will. And I do right now in this moment, exactly how you look, whining and everything. <laughs> and to be human is to have limitations. Setting aside the fact that we are, we are flawed and we have sin because of the fall, but setting that aside... We have limitations and we're needy. Think about how we come into the world. We come into the world completely helpless, completely helpless. So even if there wasn't any sin, mm-hmm. there would still be births and there would still be completely needy little humans. That's just one way of describing what it's like to be human. It's to right. be needy. It's to be dependent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we can't do things on our own and that God doesn't give us strength to do things, but we're not God. Perfectly human means he's God, I'm I'm not, not, and God's okay with that. Right. He's not only okay with it, like it was intentional because it makes us realize how much we need him and he wants so much to be with us. So let's just let this truth sink deep into our hearts this morning There has never been a moment that you were not perfectly loved. Well, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and there's a lot of different ideas about what it means to love. And we want to know what real love is. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out there the definition of real love is that real love wants the best for the other person. It's a selfless selfless love instead of a selfish love. It's a love that can, I mean, real love sees the big picture and is genuinely concerned about what would benefit the other person. And I'm not talking about just like giving them what they want. Like I'm not saying love always gives the person in front of you what they're asking for. I'm talking about like, really desiring what is best for the other person and loving them in such a way that you might even withhold what they are asking for if it's not what's good for them. Like, you know, if my kids said, oh, Drayson, when he was little, oh my goodness, that kid loves popcorn. To this day, he's 25 years old, loves popcorn. When he was a toddler in the morning, he, when he woke up, he'd say, mama, can I have popcorn for breakfast? And I'm like, no, you cannot have popcorn. <laughs> but if you have some eggs, We'll make you some popcorn after you've had your eggs. You know what I mean? So like good parenting doesn't always give your kids what they're asking for. That's not the loving thing to do. And so, yeah, my argument is that love has got to see the big picture and is willing to maybe withhold if that's what's necessary. And and God loves us this way. He shows us. You know, he doesn't just give us everything that we ask for, which is a good thing. It's actually to our benefit, that he doesn't always give us what we're asking for. Um, I had a moment when, well, it was about 10 years ago, actually, because Eden was 12 years old, and she's 22 now, lives in Australia with her husband. 
But at this point, she was 12 years old and she was a little 12 year old. She's just like a little peanut of a thing, you know, small in stature. And she's sitting next to me, shotgun, and we're running some errands. I was on M37 in Caledonia. I remember exactly where I was. And I got um, I got a call from my oldest daughter who wanted to go to a musical that night. Now she had been, it's just a season of life. It was crazy. She was in the musical at her school and had rehearsals daily, long hours, you know, staying up late to do homework, like all the things she was in over her head and it was not a good idea for her to be out. This was one night that she didn't have something going on and she was looking to fill it. And I'm like, kid, you really need just a night of rest, you know? And But my husband was out of town, so it wasn't like the two of us together could discuss what was best. It was on me, and I needed to make a decision, and I needed to let her know, I don't think that you should go out this evening with your friends and go see this other musical at a different high school. I think you need to stay home and rest. Anyway, I get off the phone with her, and I let out this big sigh. I'm a little peanut, 12-year-old over here in the passenger seat, says, Mom, what's wrong? And I said, I hate being the bad guy. I said, you know, Bryn wants to go do this thing and I just don't think it's what's best for her. And I just kind of was verbally processing the thing. And Eden says to me, mom, you're not being the bad guy. I know that outwardly there are times when you tell us no and we look like we're disappointed. But the truth is we trust you to make decisions that are best for us. We believe that you can see things and you know things that we don't know and we don't see. And so when you tell us no, I know we might, you know, look crabby about it, but inside we're grateful that you're making decisions that keep us safe and that are really best for us. I thought you little stinker, (laughs) all this wisdom at 12 years old. And then she said, can we go to McDonald's? Yeah. Right. Can I have a shake? You can have anything you want, kid. That was like straight up wisdom right there. But it's such a, it's such a picture of, you know, what love really looks like because love isn't just saying yes and giving in to what the person in front of you wants, but it's, it's being able to see the big picture and being willing to give them what is best for them. Even if that means they have to wait on what they're asking for, even if it means it's a hard word, you know, that they might have a hard time receiving, it's genuinely wanting the best for that person. And do I have people in my life that will say no? Or do I just surround myself with people who tell me what I want to hear? Mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case. I don't think, well, it's not the case. Right. My kids will tell me the truth. It's good. I love that. I do too. And I appreciate the friends in my life who've spoken hard words to me. Like maybe not in the moment. <laughs> I don't come out all, you know, grateful in the moment when I'm being, you know, admonished and I'm being instructed that there's something that I'm doing that that doesn't line up with who I want to be. That sounds painful. Admonished. Mm-hmm. It is painful. It's really painful. Okay. <laughs> Emotionally painful. It sounds like a disease too. <laughs> no, but I ultimately I do. I want people in my life that love me enough to speak the hard word to me, to me. And the truth of the matter is God does that. He loves us that much that he speaks the hard word or he withholds when it's when what I'm asking for is not what's best for me because he loves perfectly. He loves you so much. He's always looking out for you. He's always watching over you. And it's, it's not this, I'm watching you, you know, kind of, right. I don't know, judgy thing. Psalm 32 a reminds us of how God loves us and how he watches us. It says, I 
I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Man, the creative process for me this time was tough. It was really walking through a dark valley as I lost my firstborn son a couple years ago. First few songs I wrote, man, they were just very sad songs, very difficult songs to write, as you'd imagine. It was a valley, and I was in it. The first time I thought I could write an up-tempo song was when I wrote The Help Is On The Way, and it just reminded me of God's help that's coming for me. I never thought I would write an up song again, honestly, something that had joy on it, until I wrote some words on a piece of paper. I said, you're still the goodness in my life. And I wrote that to God. And then I wrote this song called The Goodness. I'm reminded of a quote that pushed me along in the writing process. And the quote is, a saint is not always someone who is good, but someone who experiences the goodness of God. That drove me to write the lyric. And then I had Blessing Offer come. And uh, I don't know, every time I text Blessing or call Blessing, he was like, man, I can't believe I get to do what I do. I can't believe I get to. If anybody knows the goodness, a blind guy coming from Nigeria to make it in music, Blessing knows the goodness. Mm. So I'm honored that he's on it with me. And I can honestly say that God is still the goodness in my life. As I listen to Toby speak, it it just makes me realize how important community is. Mm. You know, and he... He's had community around him, people who, you know, not just adore him because he's Toby Mac, but people who really love him and are in his life and are in the trenches with him. And we just can't make it through life, period, let alone the tragedies, but we need that community. And and sometimes we've got to pursue it. We've got to take the initiative, not sit back and wait for it to come to us, but to Mm. move toward community because... We can't do this life alone. Here's one of the things, one of the reasons I think community is so important is because there are times when we are in the thick of it, when it is darkness all around us that we cannot see the goodness. And we need other people to remind us that even in that space, because of Jesus, there is still goodness in our lives. The cross of Jesus rewrites your story and mine. The cross of Jesus rewrites the horrible earthquake in Turkey. The cross of Jesus rewrites the story of the world. Here's what I mean. Jesus crucified was the greatest injustice in the history of the world. Think about it. Human beings, people with flesh and blood like you and me, put the prince of life to death. But that greatest injustice was God's greatest victory. The death of Jesus made a way for us back into paradise, back into the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve and everyone after them, including you and me, were banished from paradise because we wanted to be God. And Jesus made a way back in through his death. When he cried out, it is finished, that was a cry of victory. Because when Jesus died, the gospel writer Matthew says that the curtain in the temple that separated the holy place from the most holy place, that curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. The most holy place represented the Garden of Eden. God's raw presence was there. And in the final breath of Jesus, the way into paradise was opened up forever. The way to walk with God in the cool of the day was opened up forever. This is why the cross rewrites 
every tragic story because if paradise is opened wide through the greatest tragedy in history, then every tragedy in your life, in my life, will be turned into the greatest good. Mm. And so the tragedy of life is that there's death. Death is horrible. When my mom died, it was a sword piercing my soul. But as horrible as that was, and as horrible as the tragedy in Turkey is, for example, death died when Jesus died, and the way to paradise is open wide. And so, the death of Jesus is our hope. It was October of 2019 when singer-songwriter Toby Mack went through the darkest moment in his life. I lost my firstborn son, and I wrote a few songs after that, immediately following that, and it was hard. It was hard to think about anything, any promise, anything exciting. And I wrote a lot of songs that were kind of down, um, as you can imagine. I wrote a lot of songs that were deep in the trenches. And man, it, it took me a while to kind of figure out. I was crying out to God, going, you know, I need something. I need something that I can hold on to. I think we all need something we can hold on to right now. I found in the Psalms a scripture that said, uh, I don't know exactly what it said, but the thing that stood out to me was God is rolling up his sleeves. Help is on the way. It's like the promise of God, the God of all creation, rolling up his sleeves on my behalf, on our behalf. It felt like promise to me. It felt like something that a big God that I can count on cares about a little me. I started quickly writing. I wrote maybe midnight or midday. He's never early, never late. He's going to stand by what he claims. I've lived enough life to say, help is on the way. God has not failed us. God has not failed me. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.